<laughs> it's actually my fault. I didn't do a mic check this morning, did I, Mike? Mike did not do a mic check. Good morning. You can be seated. Welcome. So glad you're here. <laughs> We're off to a great start, aren't we? Uh, those of you joining us online, we just want to welcome you as well. Um, hey, a couple things though, uh, actually more than a couple things, but Tuesday is our prayer meeting, 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. But uh, it's going to be a special prayer meeting because I'm hoping to, Lord willing, uh, share a brief message, famous last words, brief message. Uh, I can, you know. But I just want to share candidly what the Lord has ministered to me over the years concerning some of the reasons that prayers seemingly and inexplicably go and remain unanswered. And so we'll start off with that right at 7. Capono will do a couple worship songs about 6.55. And then we're going to actually go live. We're going to put this online and live stream it, and it will be available as well for those of you that are watching online. It'll be right at 7 p.m. Uh, that's Hawaii Standard Time. So then after my brief message, we're going to enter into a time of prayer for specific requests, starting with Nepal. As I think many of you know, uh, our medical missions team are currently there in Nepal, and will be for a little more than two more weeks now until they return on Saturday. December 16th. So we're going to pray specifically. There is a prayer calendar out front for those of you that are interested. You can pray specifically daily according to their itinerary. So we're going to uh, have a time of prayer from the pulpit. We'll keep that online as well. We're going to start with Nepal. And we're also going to pray for Israel, specifically both the Jews and Arabs in Israel and Gaza as well as the West Bank. Then we're going to pray for the Philippines, where there was just an earthquake, by the way. Uh, I did reach out to uh, Steve, and he was unaffected because of where they're located. But um, we're going to pray for the Philippines and Steve White, his wife and daughter, the schools, the ministries, and all the other missions, outreaches there. And then we're absolutely going to take some time to pray closer to home for Maui, uh, namely Pastor Steve Santos and Calvary Chapel Westside in Lahaina. Uh, he just sent me an update. Uh, please pray, because uh, there's been some significant uh, changes in uh, many things, and it's not good. And so we're going to take some time. I'll share more on uh, Tuesday when we pray. And then last, but certainly not least, we're also going to pray for Japan. And at this time, I'd like to have you guys come up. I'm going to invite JB. By the way, JB kind of rhymes with JD. <laughs> I know that's deeply profound, but uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, that's her initials. That stands for Jesus' Bride. JD stands for Jesus' disciple. Get over here. Come here. This is JB, my friend. I have three friends. Can you introduce my and 
you want to introduce yourself or you want JB? You don't want me doing it, so. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Introduce yourself or JB introduce her. This is our, my youngest and uh, cu cutest girl mm -hmm. in our team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Come on up. This is Ayumi. She's one of your congregation. Yeah. She lives on island. Okay. All right. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. Okay. I shower, so you're fine. Just wait. So, um, I want to apprise you of a missions outreach that many don't know about, which is that of our international translation teams and transcription teams. Um, you can locate more information at our website using the resources drop-down menu under translations. And there you will find various translations from an amazing team of servants who transcribe and translate all of our teachings and make them available both on our website as well as our mobile apps. Um, we have, and here's a list, and I'm saving the best for last. Of course, now we have an English team. Uh, th this is really the basis upon which the uh, translation teams are able to translate the teachings. But we have uh, an English captioning and transcription team, Milton and Say, both of whom are here, and Karen Broom and Dee Mangan, who are on the mainland. They transcribe and put those transcripts of all the teachings in English, and then they provide it to the international teams. So we have a German team. Stefan, amazing guy. He also provides the technical enablement for the Romanian team. We have a Romanian team. Anka and Sabina, who live in Romania. And we have a Dutch team. Bram and Gabriella, they are a family in the Netherlands. And we have a Portuguese team. Fabian and Luisa, they are in Brazil. And we have a Spanish team, Eduardo, Celia, and Anna. And they're also a family in Brazil. They all have their own websites, because in 2021 we had to, you know, I'm not going to use the one word, because it means something totally different now. We had to, um, I don't have another word, so <laughs> we had to figure out a way to get from social media to a website for the censor sensitive stuff. So when we did it here, we had to do it with all of the other translation ministries. So they have their own website. So we have a German website. Here's their Prophecy Updates page. We have a Dutch website. Here's their Prophecy Updates page. We have a, there's too many pictures of me in here. Portuguese website page, a Spanish website page, a Romanian website page. And they're not only available on uh, the websites, but also on our mobile apps for both Apple and Google. We're on Roku. Those of you know about Roku, okay. 
Uh, but it's only English, and there's uh, reasons for that. Each of the international translation apps contain all of the messages and resource content by way of the translation team websites, which are organized by language and team. And Lane, who's on staff with us, they're on the Big Island. He's amazing. Lane and his wife, Grace, amazing Grace. <laughs> they're amazing, really. They oversee this amazing ministry. And he set up an amazing information and help resources page for transcripts, translations, captioning, because we put captioning on the videos, and much more on our support center page, which is accessible also under the resources drop down menu. But instead of selecting uh, translations, you select support. Uh, now, Let's go to Japan together, since Japan is here together with us. Uh, this is their Japanese website. And unique to their videos is that JB and Mai do voiceovers. That's interesting. <laughs> but I'm going to let JB share about that. She was sharing with me about this on Thursday night. We had a great time together went by too fast. And she was telling me how long it takes them to do just five minutes of my, which go for like an hour and a half. Anyway, I don't want to. <laughs> Would you give a warm welcome to JB and Team Japan? Good morning, all. I'm JB, your online member who got saved by ABC Salvation in 2017, as the Lord led me to it. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to share about Japanese translation ministry this morning. We are, the, as JD already explained, online ministry to translate this Calvary Chapel Canal Head teachings. Uh, this is J.D. Farag Ministry name. It has started in September 2020, which with other languages, as J.D. explained already. It's now over three years. We, the Japanese team do for Japanese subtitle and the Japanese voiceover to spread the truth of the world. At the beginning, we used to do only for first and second services but after my back from I was here last time, Lord led us to do for all of CCK's teachings. So now all services are translated into Japanese. <laughs> all is all. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply profound. <laughs> and now feature first service, second service, Thursdays, and all topical teachings for publishing on the website and the YouTube channel. The first service is only for website for a reason. To translate five minutes teaching into Japanese, it takes one hour. <laughs> so at least <laughs> if the teaching 60 minutes, 12 hours are needed. But recently, sometimes 15 or 12 hours, uh, 20 hours, 
are needed. Because Japanese letters are so difficult to having three letters in language itself, and the grammar is completely different from English, but we have Lord. <laughs> we are not specialists, but we have him. And as for the voiceover, it is also the Lord let us to do for all the people, blind, kids, busy person, and drivers, etc., who cannot watch the screen. And our roles are three steps. Number one, translation and check. Number two, checkers check. And number three, the voiceover only. Then finally publish them on such platform every week. <laughs> we really know we cannot accomplish this hard work weekly without your prayers. Thank you so much for that. In Japan, it is said Christians are few, and uh, believers unknown, uh, believers even known as Protestants, having the faith in the rapture and the Bible prophecy is further few. So teachings of CCK are very important to spread the truth, Jesus, who is the spirit of the prophecy. Thankfully, we know the subscriber and the viewer of the channel have been increasing, but we do not care the number. We look up to the Lord because this is all for his glory. We are relying on him, wanted to please him. We just know the Lord is using this translation, translated video for Japanese people's salvation. He has gathered good servants to his, this team and made this team, making our past class. The following is how he has done to us, Mai. I'm Mai. I started watching Prophecy Update in 2016. It all started when I heard my friends say some people in other countries are saying that the end of this world is coming soon. Those words were stuck with me, so I prayed to God if the end of this world is near, then I am in trouble because I don't know anything about it. <clears throat> God showed me and told me about it. I had been going to church for years, but I had never heard about Bible prophecy. Then I found a few Bible prophecy teachers on YouTube to start watching. One of them was Pastor J.D. I was convinced this was an answer to my prayer. Those teachings amazed me and made me fear the Lord. I got the joy of studying the Bible and couldn't stop watching it. And even went back to previous prophecy update too. I remember Pastor J.D. saying at that time that they would soon move to a new building which is here. I have wanted to visit this church someday. I really thank God that I am here now. In 2017, this month, when Pastor J.D. shared J.B.'s mail, I was watching it. <laughs> I knew such a person, J.B. was in Osaka, and tried to get to know her. When we contacted for the first time and met physically, we knew we lived within five minutes of each other. 
Through this church in Hawaii, we met each other in Osaka within five minutes. God is so funny and so good. Thank you. So I'm Ayumi. I also have funny story because the Lord is funny. <laughs> I, I was triggered to know the ministry because Pastor Leitu gave me a book. It is called As Long As I Live, Kono Inochi no Hi no Kagiri in Japanese. He asked me if I was interested in translation last year around now. And I prayed for a month, and then, um, and then I was convinced by the Lord. This book is authored by Nobi from Australia. Now he helps our team. We all are so happy to have him. Praise the Lord. Pastor Leitu also encouraged JB to read the book and considered sending it to her in Japan because he got two books from the author Novi from Australia, but JB found it on Amazon. So she also got it and read. JB says that, thank the Lord that we can still buy things without the mark of the beast. The book was about the beautiful love story of Christian couple who came together over a long time. I would I would also like to take this opportunity to thank the English transcription team and AV, uh, audiovisual team, for supporting us behind the scenes. We all thank you. This ministry is a blessing to me. Thank you, God, Jesus. To you alone give all of the glory. Uh, there's two more members, right, of, a, of your team. It's yes. a, you're a team of five. Yes. Can you tell them about? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me add about one more lady, Yuko, one of our team, who is absent from OAF today. The Lord coordinated us to meet last time when I was here. She did not come to CCK at that time, but she said she sensed she should come by Holy Spirit. Then we got to know and prayed together here. Since then, we have kept the uh, relationship. This year, she visited to see me to Osaka from Oahu to stay, and now she is one of our team, and of course, your congregations. And Ayumi also visited to Osaka with her daughter, Kiana, this year, how, uh, see how the Lord has connected us. We have another man, young man, for transcription for Japanese, after translation video, we put the uh, PDF file for the older people mainly. So he's doing all, all uh, CCK's teaching and put the publishing the website and APRI. And uh, may I close? Yeah. <laughs> you want to do the update? No. Do the update? No. You do them anyway. Yeah. This has to be in English. Cause... Yeah. We are not for anyone else or not for our own desire or status, but only for our best friend, Jesus. Amen. We set him, setting him 
at the center of all. Our team know it's the truth. JD, Pastor JD, like to Mac and Capone and David. I call him King David too. Please keep us leading only to Jesus. It is difficult to find such leaders and churches in nowadays. All we do is from the base of your teaching in the Lord. We just want to finish the race in one mind, faithfully, for the truth until the rapture. We appreciate your boldness and faithfulness in the Lord. We pray for your health too, for us, because we need you like Gaius in St. John. And lastly, everyone, please know, coming to this church actually is tremendous blessing for us. Being among you, brothers and sisters in Christ, it's so blessed. Thanks so much for your prayer for this and my return too. We all thank you again for your love and welcome. Thank you. Actually, they don't know this yet, but man, on Tuesday night, uh, I'm going to have you guys come back up. <laughs> Surprise, because <laughs> we're going to pray for you and your team. And uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us. Let me try to compose myself now. Jesus loves the people of Japan, yeah? Can I just share with them one real quick thing that I shared on Thursday night, just so that I can stop crying, actually? Um, so I asked JB about, you know, because I make noises when I teach, so I wanted to know how she did that, <laughs> you know, how she translated that. and. And do, she does the voiceover. So when I get animated, she gets animated. <laughs> so I, I asked her about one in particular where I was, you know, I just went, man, all I can say is, woo! <laughs> you know, and I said it like twice. I said, I don't have any word, just woo! So I said, JB, what do you, what do you and Mai do? Because Mai does the voiceovers for Thursday nights, and then, which are worse. <laughs> and then Sunday mornings, you know, of course, JB does both. but. She said, when you go, woo, she goes, I go, woo. <laughs> okay, well then that's, praise the Lord, in Jesus' name. All right. Okay, let's get to it. This is our prophecy update, first service. Second service will be live streamed at 11.15 a.m. Hawaii Standard Time. And that's our verse-by-verse -verse study, our sermon. And today we're going to finish, Lord willing, Third John, and look at three questions from the text that all of us, myself included, myself especially, 
would do well to ask ourselves as it relates to why it is that people either do or don't want to be around us. Okay, that's second service. Don't worry, you're good now, first service. Um, we want to be around you for first service. Um, those of you that are watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, we would encourage you to go directly to the website so that you will have the uninterrupted and uncensored entirety of today's update. And with that, let's get to it. I want to talk with you about something that may require a second update next week, Lord willing, and if we're still here, because it's about an event that started on Thursday, and it will end on Tuesday, December 12th. But sadly, nobody is seemingly paying any attention to this. And what I'm speaking of is COP28. It's being held in Dubai as we speak. And because of this particular conference and its prophetic significance, I've chosen to title today's update, Expect the Unexpected, which I'm hoping you'll see why here in a moment. I'll explain more about COP28 shortly, but please know that it's going to be generic and not specific, because the event is still ongoing. What I'd like to do, though, first is draw your attention to specific, not generic, <laughs> Bible prophecies that speak to what's happening in Dubai at COP28. And let's start with First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll begin reading in verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a young church, not young in terms of age, but a church that he had just started that was young in its age. A church that he was only able to spend maybe at the most about three months with before he was ran out of town there in Thessalonica. And he always wanted to go back, longed to go back. He loved these people. He knew these people. He started this church. And imagine this, he's there for three months, and he starts teaching them Bible prophecy as new believers and a new church. And so he writes two letters to them. And I want to draw your attention to this first letter, because I want you to pay particular attention to what he says right out of the shoot in verse 1. Listen. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. In other words, I, when I was there, I, we, we talked about this. I taught you this. And then verse 3, a very well-known verse. It seems like we talk about this verse virtually every week, probably because we talk about this verse every week. Verse 3, for while they say, or when they say, peace and security, or as some of your translations render it, safety. It's the Greek word asphalia, translated stability, security, safety. When they're saying, while they're saying, at the time they're saying these two words, peace and security, then, 
sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, look at that contrast, verse 4, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God, verse 9, did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. And then he says this, verse 11, therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Now, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that those of us who are sons of light and sons of the day are not like those in the dark, as they say. Well, I was in the dark on that. So we're of the light, and as such we're always watching and expecting. We're expecting that which those of the night and of the darkness are not doing. Why? Well, isn't it true that when you're sleeping, you're not aware of anything that's going around you? Even you light sleepers, when you're asleep, you're not watching or expecting anything. Otherwise you wouldn't be sleeping, right? I mean, th this whole idiom, we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment, but this whole idiom of, of a thief in the night, you don't expect a thief to come in the night, because if you did expect a thief to come in the night, you would not go to sleep that night that you were expecting the thief to come in the night. Just bear with me. It gets better. A thief does not call you or text you or email you and just give you a heads up. Hey, by the way, I'm going to come tomorrow night at 2 a.m. Is that a good time for you? Did I take it too far? So this, this idiom of it's going to be for them, not you, them, not us, them as a thief in the night. Why? Because they're not expecting it, as evidenced by what they're doing and not doing. <laughs> Verse 4 is interesting, because basically what Paul is saying is that day is not going to overtake you. It's not going to surprise you. It's not going to catch you off guard. Why? Because you're expecting it. So for you, it's not going to be something that just blindsides you. Them, it will. You, it will not. And then verse 3, of course, this well-known verse, for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons about sudden destruction coming upon them, like labor pains, while they're saying peace and security. You know what this implies, right? 
It implies that they weren't expecting it so suddenly. Just as a pregnant woman may not expect her labor pains so suddenly. Stay with me. In other words, like with a woman in labor, there's a certainty or inevitability, if you prefer. But so too is there an unexpectedness that they're expecting. That's not a play on words. Because is it not true that of a woman who is with child, they will refer to themselves, or we will refer to them as expecting? Oh, you're expecting. Be careful, guys, when you do that, though, if you see a woman and go, oh, how far along are you? And then they're not pregnant. But I digress. In other words, you, a pregnant woman is expecting. So there's this anticipation, this watching, this expectation, because they're expecting. And by the way, Paul is echoing the words of the Savior. He uses the same analogy in a very powerful and profound prophetic passage in Matthew 24. You know it well. When the disciples ask Him, what are going to be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus proceeds to tell them, first and foremost, let no man deceive you. Deception will be number one on the list. These are the signs, the markers, by which you can use to gauge how close my return is. Because what Jesus is doing is likening His coming to a baby coming, which is why He uses the birth pains, which come in greater frequency and greater intensity. So the more frequent and the more intense things like deception, false Christ, nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, wars and threats of wars, better interpreted, not rumors, but threats of war. And then there's going to be famines, pestilences. How about this one? Earthquakes in diverse places, different places, big earthquakes like those birth pains. And they're going to be in places that you would not normally expect there to be an earthquake, diverse places. And he takes that list, which is, I believe, an abbreviated list, but it's the ones that he chose to answer their question with. And he lumps them in all together and likens them to a woman in labor. Why? Because I want you to expect, because you're expecting what they are not expecting, so that when, not if it happens, you're not taken by surprise. Why? Because you're watching. You're expecting. So for us who are, I love what Paul wrote to Timothy, his final words, his parting words, his last letter. By the way, contrast with his first letter he ever wrote was to the Thessalonians. His last letter that he ever wrote was to Timothy, Second Timothy. 
And he knew he was at the end of his life. His days were numbered. It was just a matter of time. I believe God sometimes will, in His grace and mercy, go before us before we go home to be with Him, just to ready us and sort of steady us. And I really believe that Paul knew that it was just a matter of days before he was going to go be with the Lord. So he pens this letter to, to Timothy, whom he loves so much as a son. And he says, you know, I fought the fight, man, <laughs> the good fight of faith. I finished the race. Uh, by the way, that alone, stand alone. Notice he didn't say, you know, I've danced the dance. I finished the game. Now this isn't a game. This isn't a, uh, this is a battlefield. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. It's a daily fight, a fight of faith. And it's daily. You know, the thing about a daily fight is that it's daily, <laughs> every day. You wake up and you're off to battle. It's a battleground, not a playground. So Timothy, the time has come. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And now there awaits me a crown of righteousness. I guess you could say, Paul is saying to Timothy, I can't wait. Man, I, my work's done here. Now, you know what, what awaits me is this crown of righteousness. And here's the thing, Timothy, not just me, but all of those who watch this long ache, yearn, watch for His appearing, not coming, appearing. We'll talk about that too in a moment. Well, we got a lot of stuff we got to talk about, so let's keep moving. Two takeaways. First, expect, because you're expecting the unexpected, so that when, not if, it happens, you're not caught off guard because you were expecting it. And second, and very important by the way, edify and encourage others to be watching and expecting to. Even now, as Paul would say, some of you are already doing, just keep doing that, because people need to be encouragement, encouraged, especially in this day that we're living in. People are so discouraged. Christians are so discouraged. They need to be encouraged. Encourage them. You know, you'll find when you encourage someone, you yourself will be encouraged as a result. That's just the way God made it. That's why you just, there's a bearing witness in your spirit. When you're encouraging somebody, you yourself are encouraged when you're encouraging. Did you get that? Just tell me yes, so we can move on. Okay, good. Now let's talk about these idioms that Paul used, you know, the thief in the night, that day. Why? Because he's delineating between the rapture and the second coming. 
The day of the Lord is not the rapture. The day of the Lord is the commencement of the seven-year tribulation. That's the judgment of God, the day of the Lord, the wrath of God on a Christ-rejecting people. And it's coming, and it's coming suddenly. Sudden destruction. The thing about sudden destruction, again, you already know this, again, very deeply profound, because I'm so profound. The thing about sudden destruction is it's sudden, suddenly. So <laughs> it happens, it's going to come upon them. And I've talked about this before. I suppose this is as good of a time as any to say it again. I hope you don't tire of me saying it. But I'm becoming increasingly convinced with each passing day, it seems like now, that this is a simultaneous event meaning that when sudden destruction comes down on them, we go up. When this goes down, we go up. Never mind, just whatever. I'm excited about that. I mean, it makes sense, right? Sudden destruction and chaos, and then the order comes out of chaos, as the phoenix rises from the ashes of chaos. Can you imagine how chaotic it's going to be when the rapture happens? Sudden destruction, just the rapture, the destruction the rapture will cause. Okay, I, I, that didn't work as well as I thought it would either, but we're going to leave it there. We'll just file it away. I'll, I'll bring it up again, don't worry. So. Let's, let's talk about the distinction, the delineation between the rapture and the second coming. The pre-tribulation rapture is at an unexpected hour, whereas the second coming is specified in its timing. With the pre-tribulation rapture, Jesus comes for us. In the second coming, Jesus comes with us ten thousands, His saints by His side, if you prefer His bride by His side. The rapture, He doesn't come to the earth. We're taken up from the earth. We're caught up to meet Him in the air. That's not the second coming. And seven years at minimum, seven years separate the pre-tribulation rapture from the second coming, which comes at the end of the seven-year tribulation, because the purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. You guys probably just copy and paste that, because I say it every week too. Okay, let's uh, connect a couple dots, as it were, because it's going to be germane to our understanding of what's happening right now in Dubai. This aforementioned prophecy in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 comports with two very detailed and specific prophecies that again we talk about often. But I want to preface them by saying that they both have what I like to call a prophetic timestamp. You know how you have timestamps on things? Well, these are prophetic timestamps that are specific in terms of 
at what point, at what time does this prophecy happen? And such is the case with these two prophecies that I want to read you, because there's this prophetic timestamp such that it happens at the three and a half year mark, the midpoint of the seven year tribulation. That's specific. And that's Daniel 9.27. Now, I'm going to read it. Please, if can, <laughs> let the Holy Spirit, because you know that, that saying, familiarity breeds contempt. I can't even say it. I'm so, I'm so con full of contempt. Uh, you know how when sometimes something becomes so familiar, you've read it a jillion times, and it loses its, it, its flavor? I, I, please let's not do that, because this is really important today, especially with what I want to share with you. So I'm going to read it, Daniel 9.27. He will confirm, enforce a covenant with many for one seven. That's the seven year tribulation. Here's the timestamp. In the middle of the seven, three and a half year mark, He will put an end to sacrifice and offering and at the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Now hang on to this confirming, strengthening a covenant with many for seven. Uh, real quick, in the Hebrew it's ikbir, same word in my native tongue of Arabic. Ikbir means to make stronger, strengthen, make better, to enforce, make more forceful, to make greater, spectacular, superior. It's a, it's a big word, because that's kind of what it means. We're going to make it bigger and better. That sounds build back. Never mind, that's a different uh, but that's what it is. It's, it's something bigger. We're going to make what's already there bigger and better. It could be it. Now hang on to that. Second Thessalonians 2.4. He will oppose and will exalt Himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that He sets Himself up in the temple of God, proclaiming Himself to be God. How does that fit with Daniel 9.27? At the three and a half year mark, 1260 days in, the exact midpoint, that's your timestamp, the Antichrist in the rebuilt temple, which is, has to be there by the midpoint. Many believe, and I concur, that it will be rebuilt. And by the way, all they're waiting for is the green light, which they almost have. And by the way, what's happening in Israel right now is all about that. Let's get that temple rebuilt. As soon as they get the green light, that thing's, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back. It's good. So I don't know, people say to me, you know, I listen to you when I fall asleep. I'm like, how do you do that? Because I yell and clap and make noises that's translated into Japanese, and I wake you up. But as soon as they get the green light, that temple's going up. Some conservative estimates are maybe 90 days. That thing's done. Well, oh, they've got all the 
They've got the Levites, the DNA database. <laughs> I want to get, go there. They have all the instruments. The ashes of the red heifer was like the last thing they needed on their list to check off the box. They already got it. The Ark of the Covenant, oh, they know exactly where it's at. Just waiting. So that temple is going to be rebuilt. The Antichrist will be perceived as their Messiah, and they'll embrace Him as such. But He's the false Messiah, bringing a false peace, and they're not going to realize it until three and a half years in, when He commits an abomination that's going to wake them up, and they're going to come to salvation in the midst of the seven-year tribulation, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were saved in the, seven in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace that we talked about last week, the typology of that. So they're going to get saved, and then they're going to flee. That's Matthew 24 again. Where are they going to go? Modern day Jordan, a place called Petra. For those of you that have been there, the rock city. People are so convinced that that's where God is going to protect the Jewish people for the last three and a half years after they come to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah, that they put Bibles and hid them in Petra for the Jews for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. When I was there, I, w I looked for them. I couldn't find them. They hid them really well. <laughs> God will get it to them. Okay. This brings me full circle to this year's COP28, which I hope I don't overuse this word. I haven't used it in a while. I checked. Uh, unprecedented. Unprecedented. And that's why it rises to the level of us expecting the unexpected. So that's what I want to spend the remainder of our time on together today. And so we'll go ahead at this time and the live stream. Hopefully you're already at the website. As I mentioned at the beginning, what follows is generic, and only because the event hadn't started until Thursday, the 30th. And I start working on the updates like Sunday nights, <laughs> Sunday afternoons sometimes. Uh, by Monday morning, I'm, I kind of have a feel for what direction I'm going to go. By Tuesday, I'm starting to put some stuff together. By Wednesday, I try to have my first draft. And then it goes through numerous revisions. The last revision is usually Sunday morning at 1.30 a.m. <laughs> anyway, I go to bed early. Uh, sometimes I try to anyway. So this was, I, I had already known about it, was expecting it, and wanting to talk about it for the update. And then sure enough, I get an email that I want to share with you from an Annette, who writes, Hello JD, I am from Australia. Not sure if you know about COP28. This year it is held in Dubai starting from November 30th to December 12th. They have been counting down to this year since 2015, when they signed the Paris Accords Agreement. Within the Paris Agreement is a mechanism referred to as the global stock take that is required to bring about a seven year transition and strengthening, strengthening 
of the agreement from 2015 and to be agreed upon no later than December 12th, 2023. Israel will be sending 1,000 delegates and all the nations attending will be signing a seven-year climate, peace and security agreement. The Pope will be the first pontiff ever to attend a COP. In 2020, then Prince Charles of Wales revealed a 10-year plan, and with it would come a narrow window. You might remember this. Oh, with the British accent, you got to put the pinky out with the cup of tea. <laughs> you know, a narrow window of opportunity. Arabs can't do British. <laughs> so that was the Arabic translation. <laughs> <laughs> a narrow window of opportunity to reset and reimagine life as we once knew it. The Great Reset, reimagine, reinvent. The narrow window of opportunity to seize control is now coming to an end as the world unites acts and delivers a deal at the Global Stock Take COP28 Dubai, with seven years to go, seven years to go through December 2030, Agenda 2030. At COP26, again, then Prince Charles mentions a man having trillions, with a T of dollars, at his disposal. We talked about that. He runs the SMI. What's the SMI? Sustainable Markets Initiative, which I have heard has around $4 trillion in it. I would also like to mention that Trumpets is December 12th in Israel, which will be the beginning of their winter and the new moon, according to the biblical calendar in Leviticus 23, 23-30. 25, and not the Jewish calendar, which has been changed. At COP28, King Charles now will implement, and this is really important, 10 land and 10 sea mandates, 10 toes, 10 horns, 10 kingdoms, 10 kings. He will be implementing 10 each year for seven years, with a total of 70. There are no prophecy teachers talking about this, and I would appreciate your thoughts. Well, you're getting get mine. <laughs> Somebody said, I want to pick your brain. I said, too late. It's already been picked. <laughs> Interestingly, they have made, made many videos on the UN website, and they ask if we the people are ready to go through tribulation with them to achieve their global climate goals, you know, the uh, SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. Anyway, your sister in Christ, Annette, I totally added to her very timely email. And what's interesting about the time, well, first of all, could you imagine my frustration getting this email on Monday? I'm like, I know, but it hasn't started yet. So, but I kept checking. I kept going back. I'm searching online. Finally, I, you know, I end up at their website. And I was already planning to address it either today, December 3rd, and or next Sunday, December 10th. 
But how, how do you cover something that hasn't started yet? And then once you do, how do you navigate a massive website? And I mean, their website is massive. I, I spent, I don't know, I don't want to even tell you, I don't want to tell myself how many hours or remind myself. I'm, I'm going through this thing going. But it was so frustrating because they hadn't started the thing yet. So I didn't have any quotes. So I had to wait. So I took this screenshot on Wednesday with the countdown. This is how long I had to wait. And you know how I love to wait, you know, so patient. So since then, it started Thursday. I took this screenshot this morning. I've noticed uh, delivering history. Oh, let me go back to the other one real quick. Top, uh, your top left-hand corner, if the guys could put it back up. Waiting on the world to change. <laughs> what? You're waiting on the world to change? Okay. What are you going to change? Everything. What's the change going to involve? Everything. What do you mean by everything? Oh, you'll own nothing and be happy. Let's keep moving before my blood pressure goes up again. Uh, you'll notice that the event can be live streamed, which that's a problem unto itself. That, that means all day, and the time zone difference. What are you going to do? Stay up all night, watch this thing, take notes. So it's going to go through next Tuesday. So again, I just have to wait, and so do you. <laughs> um, Lord willing, I hope to have more time between now and next Sunday. And as always, I cover your prayers specifically concerning the following, which is what I'm going to really be looking for and searching out. Number one, specific references or quotes about all the nations signing a seven-year climate peace and security agreement. Are you kidding me? Number two, specific references or quotes about this global stock take to bring a seven-year transition and strengthen the agreement of the 2015 Paris Accords. Still hang on to that Ikbir confirming a, a, a covenant. Hang on to that. One more, one more I want to add to it. Number three, I'm going to be looking for this specific references or quotes about Israel's delegates and any connection to a seven-year agreement between the UK and Israel that was signed back in March of this year. We talked about that. Did you know about this? So here's where I'm going with this. This Ikbir, a confirming of a covenant with many. I'm, I'm just going to suggest this as being a plausible scenario. But there are many agreements already on the table. Could it be that this COP28 will be the culmination of many agreements, just hear me out, that are all brought together under one seven-year umbrella? Have I lost it completely? 
I mean, why, then why are you looking at me like I have? Did you, did you catch that? The, the UK and Israel signed a seven-year agreement in March of this year. The Paris uh, uh, Climate Agreement, signed seven years ago, is, gonna, is back on the table to be strengthened in 2023 for the final seven years to 2030. In other words, are they going to bring all of these agreements and make them stronger, bigger, better, by bringing them all together? I mean, number four, I better just, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to be looking for specific references or quotes about this, this Pope, this Pope. And are, we, are we surprised the first Pope to attend a COP, and it's this Pope? <laughs> but here's what's really stunning. Uh, they refer to him as, quote, the prophet. Number five, I have seven, because seven is not six, not eight. When I asked, <laughs> is that okay? So I asked JB, I said, how much time do you need? She said, seven minutes. Not six, not eight, seven. I'm like, what have I done to this precious sister? She has been translating my teachings too long. So everything, anyway, I have seven. We're on number five. I'm going to be looking for specific references or quotes about the biblical calendar concerning trumpets on December 12th, according to Leviticus 23. I've actually heard about this. I've been unable heretofore to vet the authenticity of this. Number six, and this is huge, specific references or quotes about King Charles implementing 10 land and 10 sea mandates each year for a total of 70. And then lastly, number seven, specific references or quotes about King Charles being the head of SMI and the trillions of dollars this fund is reported to have. As for the generic information that I was able to find, I, I just want to share quickly, briefly. Here's one from this UN website, which had a schedule. I thought, all right, I got something. It's a schedule, what they term key events. So I thought, okay, this is it. So I gave you a screenshot. Uh, but listen to just three of these key events of particular interest. And they're all three on Sundays. One of them is today, Sunday, December 3rd. They're during my prophecy updates. What's up with that? So today, Sunday, December 3rd, European Regional Dialogue, Accelerating, Strengthening Action on Climate and Health. Oh, where is this uh, particular uh, session going to be held? Oh, the WHO Health Pavilion. WHO? Yeah, the WHO. <laughs> not, the, not the group. The World Health Organization Health Pavilion. You know how they've been very insidiously and sinisterly, is that a word? Merging climate and health together. 
That's how you're going to get social credit scores and carbon credit scores, by the way. Then Sunday, December 10th, next Sunday, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Pray for me, please. There's going to be a high level panel on peace, security, and health. And it's going to be held on thematic day seven on peace, security, and health. <laughs> also next Sunday during my update, December 10th, water for peace and security. These are the titles of the sessions that they have scheduled on their calendar. So I keep looking. I find this one, UN Climate Change website. So it has an overview of the schedule at COP28, and it even allows you to download a PDF file. Man, I thought I struck gold. I downloaded the PDF file. Please, Lord, don't let there be a virus in this thing. I downloaded it, pictured here. Don't bother. Uh, I was very disappointed. It is curiously cryptic and suspiciously generic, for lack of a better phrase to use. It has no real specifics and just states very generically, quote, this overview schedule aims at helping participants to prepare for the sessions information on a few ministerial and other high-level events, which status is TBC, will be provided soon. I checked again this morning. They haven't provided anything yet. This is the fourth day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Information on, this is an interesting word, mandated, still quoting, mandated, mandated, and special, they're, they're mandating the events, which are probably about mandating. This, this, uh, <laughs> it will be found in due time on the session pages. Please also consult the UNFCCC calendar for detailed information, including start and end times of events. And you better, because it's mandated. Once the sessions have started, please consult the daily program for detailed information, including on negotiating meetings. I couldn't find anything. Of course, maybe it's only for those in attendance. So I kept looking. I found this website from the UNDP, bearing the title of COP28 Course Correction for Climate. The only reason I mention is because of the following quote under the heading of what's on the agenda at COP28, which states, and again I quote, with a series of meetings and events, COP28 brings together government representatives, scientists, international organizations, businesses, indigenous peoples, local communities, youth, media, civil society, and influential figures such as Pope Francis, ah, Shamah al-Mazrui, and King Charles III. All right. COP28 will mark, listen, the conclusion of the first ever global stock take GST, a five yearly exercise designed to assess progress on climate action. The outcomes will guide countries, better said dictate to countries, as they prepare their revised NDCs, which are due, watch this one, in 2025, the three and a half year mark and will outline how they intend to take 
stronger ikbir climate action. Now is a moment of course correction. Lastly, I found this Sky News video of King Charles delivering his address at the opening ceremony. Very brief, but chilling. That's an understatement. It was posted on Thursday, November 30th. I got this right before the Bible study Thursday night. Let me just share a couple of quotes from the transcript. This is what he had to say, quote, I pray with all my heart. Huh. What are you praying with all your heart for? That COP28 will be another critical turning point towards genuine transformational action at a time when already, as scientists have been warning for so long, we are seeing alarming tipping points being reached. I've spent a large portion of my life trying to warn of the existential threats facing us over global warming, over climate change, and biodiversity loss, emphasis added. I've tried to say on many occasions, unless we rapidly repair and restore, and I want you to listen very carefully to this, nature's unique economy based on harmony and balance. Can you say Georgia Guidestones? He's going to say it again. Which is our ultimate sustainer. That's your sustainer? Our own economy and survivability will be imperiled. Records are now being broken so often that we are perhaps becoming immune to what they are really telling us. Our choice now is starker and darker. And I thought I was doom and gloom. We are all connected, not only as human beings, but with all living things. And all that sustains life is part of this grand and sacred system. Harmony with nature must be maintained. And these were his closing remarks to which he exited the stage to a standing ovation. Listen, quote, The earth does not belong to us. We belong to the earth. Worship the creation, not the Creator. Romans 1. I could go on, I won't. That was the opening ceremony <laughs> remarks. You belong to the earth? Actually, yes, you do. My citizenship is in heaven. I don't belong here. This wor world, this earth is not my home. I'm in it but not of it. And I certainly don't belong to it. I'm trying to feel better, but it's not working. So let's just end. May I humbly ask three questions before we bring it to a close and end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation? Three questions. Number one, is what I just shared with you exciting to you or terrifying for you? Two, 
if it's exciting to you, will it have the effect of bringing you closer to Jesus? And three, if it's terrifying for you, will it have the effect of bringing you to a saving knowledge of Jesus? Because that's the whole point here is to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. That's the grid now. That's the filter. That's the template that I use with all of my prophecy updates. How is what I'm going to share today going to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus? Well, if I could be so blunt, if I don't know Jesus and have not come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, this gets me there. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> as my soul beautifully shared. If this is the end, I'm in trouble. That was It is the end. And if you don't know Jesus, you're in big trouble. And that's why we end with the gospel, because you can get out of trouble, <laughs> and you can get out of this world and not be left behind in this world. Because Jesus is coming to take us out and rapture us out of this world before literally all hell breaks loose. And I, you'll forgive me, but I'll say it again. <laughs> I'd rather scare you into heaven than flatter you into hell. And if this scares the heaven into you, then boo! <laughs> nah, I will never do that again. What's the gospel? Good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. What are the ABCs of salvation? Just a way. They're not the way, not a formula. Please don't make it a formula. Insert tab A, slot B, get C. It's just a simple childlike way to share Jesus with somebody who needs Jesus. You never know. Because they, they're asking questions. There, a lot of stuff's happening. It seems to me like it might be the end of the world. It is. Well, I'm in big trouble. Well, let's do something about it right now. The first thing is that you've got to acknowledge or admit that you're a sinner. Otherwise, why would you be interested in the Savior? That's the A. Romans 3.10 says, there's no one righteous, not even one. Nobody's good. You might be a good person. You'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all, all, <laughs> all means all, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 is I, I love it so much because it, it starts off with the bad news, because the bad or the bad news is the good or the good news will be. <laughs> I know that's not proper English. Do not email me. What's the bad or badder news that's going to make the gooder news gooder? Uh, you've been sentenced to death. Well, that is bad news. Well, that's because the wages of sin is death. That's the penalty. You're guilty. You sinned. And now you're going to be sentenced to death. That's the bad news. You ready for the good news? I most certainly am. What's the good news? Oh, the good news is the gift of God, gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the gospel. 
He died in your stead. He carried out your death sentence for you instead of you, and now you're free to go. And He pays in full with His life, His blood. We are not our own, but purchased with the price. He purchases us. It cost Him everything, so He can give to us the gift of eternal life that He paid for. The B, very central, very important. Believe in your heart. And like we talked about last week, it's not just, hey, I mean, even the demons believe in God and tremble, right? To believe in your heart means you put your trust in. You believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. And you're putting your trust in Him, believing in Him for the forgiveness of sins, because you're a sinner and you've been sentenced to death. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And see, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Why confessing with the mouth? Is that necessary to be saved? What if you can't speak? Well, Romans 10.13 says, all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. But sometimes you don't even need the mouth to speak, because it comes from the heart. And if you believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. That is what's going to come out of the abundance of that which is in your heart. I chose today's But God testimony because we've seen an increase in uh, many people that are um, being diagnosed with uh, terminal uh, illnesses, cancers, stroke, heart attack. But God is the great physician and the God who heals. And today's testimony is one of those. It comes from Sarah Durham in Ohio, who writes, Pastor Frog, first, let me say thank you for your weekly sermons from the Word of God. Your weekly Bible studies, and the prophecy updates. My husband and I were very hungry for a Bible-based church when his mom suggested we check you out over a year ago. You have truly been a blessing in our lives. Now I have a but God story to tell. On October 10th of this year, a friend and co-worker of mine suffered a catastrophic stroke. She was alone in her home. She was alone for eight hours after the stroke occurred. When she was found and taken to the hospital, she was unresponsive and barely breathing. The doctors put her on a respirator, performed surgery to remove part of her skull to alleviate the swelling on her brain. They gave her a 5% chance of even waking up from her comatose state, 5%. But God woke her up on October 23rd 
on October 28th, the doctor said the respirator needed to be removed, but that Jenny probably wouldn't be able to breathe on her own, and at that at least half of her brain was dead. They told the family that there was a decision to make, and surgeons were contacted regarding organ donations. Not so fast. The family was prepared for Jenny to pass when the respirator was removed. But God gave her breath. When I visited Jenny on October 29th, she was fully awake and aware, recognizing family and friends, communicating her needs, and responding to commands. Today she is still off the respirator, breathing completely on her own, off of all pain meds, out of intensive care, and is beginning rehabilitation. That's God. I thank and praise God daily for His healing touch. When others say there's no hope, we will forever say, but God. Blessings to you and the church family. That's you, Sarah Durham. Capono, come on up. Why don't you stand up? Thanks for your patience. We're close. Thank you, Lord, so much, God, who is like unto you, O Lord, who is like unto you, O Lord. There is none like you, none besides you. You alone, O Lord, are worthy of all of our praise, all of our worship. All the glory is due yours alone, Jesus all the glory do your holy name for all the great works you have done. And it's you that's done it and are doing it. So thank you, Lord. We are but your servants, your humble servants, at your disposal for your good pleasure, to do with as you please. Do with us, Lord, what is pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We are not our own. You purchased us. So Lord, thank you. For anyone, lastly, Lord, maybe it's not a physical healing, but it's spiritual salvation. Those are the two biggest prayer requests we receive on a daily basis from people, for the salvation of a loved one or the healing of a terminal illness particularly cancer. So Lord, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, the God who heals, the great physician. And we ask you, Lord, use what we saw here today to bring many into your kingdom. For them, Lord, let today be the day of their salvation. And for those of us who know You, been walking with You. Lord, would You just strengthen and encourage those who are downcast? Would You heal that which has been broken? Heal the sick? You're the God who heals. Your healing touch, O oh God. And thank You, O oh God. We love You so much. 
And we thank you so much, more than words can say, in Jesus' name. Together we sing.